0: Today, Pentecost Sunday, is one of the few Sundays that we get to wear red. Thank you, many of you who are wearing red today. And if we were in our sanctuary, and if you're familiar with this church, it's the Sunday when we have those wonderful banners that hang above us and represent the tongues of fire and reflect the wind hanging over us. Just pause for a minute and imagine them here. <laughs> we are most grateful to the arts committee because we do have these uh, signs from the back. The choir and I are the best; have the best view, but I hope you'll note them when you get a chance. This cascading spirit upon us at the back of the chapel. I also appreciate the flowers today, which are full of images of God's Spirit at Pentecost. Pentecost is about the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the people of God. The Holy Spirit means the peace, the presence, the purposes, and the power of God upon the people to give them faith, to give them life, to charge them and challenge them to live in the world as God's people. That's What happened at Pentecost? Listen to these verses from Acts 2, and you can read along with me uh, in the handout, at least for the first four of your verses. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Jumping down to verse 12, it says, All were amazed and all were perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But Peter, standing with the eleven, Raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea, and all who live in Jer- Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you would suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. This is an account of something very strange happening. Things are coming loose. Things are breaking open. It's almost unusual. Sounds from heaven. The wind, like a hurricane. Could this be the same wind which on the first morning of all mornings, the first day of creation, the same wind? Could it be the same as that wind that swept across the dark waters, the wind of creation? Could these images, these tongues of fire and this speaking and hearing and uncertainty be the power and the presence of God bringing about life and setting new direction for life, for all God's people? It says everyone present was amazed and perplexed. Those two together, amazed and perplexed. Pentecost is the story. How do you convey power and presence and possibility and new purposes? Pentecost is a story that's trying to convey that. God is present. God is at work. God has purposes for our lives. How do you convey it? That's the story of Pentecost. New life and redirected life serving God in the world. Pentecost. I'll be honest, this story couldn't come at a more appropriate time for me in these days. I feel like I've been going along as if I had a couple of flat tires this week. Flat tires, you know, no air in the tires. You know what the Greek word for air is? Numa. The same word for spirit. Without air, tires are flat. Without NUMA, we're flat. We're flat. We got continuing violence in our city. We got the headlines of the Richmond Times-Dispatch every day this week. And yesterday, the memorial service of the state trooper killed in Mosby Court. We got new stories of terror striking at the heart of... Sacred cities. It leaves us flat. No Numa. With the recent announcement about the Paris Agreement, it's easy to feel flat. No Numa. As Romans remind us, the Earth is groaning for redemption. And then we have various pastoral situations around the church, and all of us carry various heartaches through our days. Our lives, our loved ones, we worry, we doubt, we face challenges. It's easy to feel flat. No pneuma. The power, the presence of God, we wonder. We ask. We seek. And then Pentecost... Pentecost comes at a good time for us. In that first lesson, Jesus speaks very sacred words on this day. The scene is Easter, the evening of the day of resurrection, and he encounters the disciples. And as you heard, they are locked in a room, and they are full of fear. And he comes in and says, peace be with you. And then he shows them his hand and he shows them his side and then to alleviate their doubts and fears, he's right there with them. And when he has done this, the text says, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That word receive really gets my attention. To receive means to come into the possession of something. In this case, it's the very power and presence of God in and through and over and under us. To receive is to act as a receptacle. And in this case, we're the receptacle, Of the very power and presence of God. The very vitality and the purposes of God. In, through, over, under, around us. To receive is to acquire something. And in this case, it's the love of God. And it's the comfort of God. And that love and comfort, that pneuma, is meant to bless us and hold us and fill us, and then charge us to live with vitality in the world as God's people. And then perhaps most importantly of all, when we receive something, when we actually receive something, it changes us. It makes us different from what we were. And that's the very point. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And you know what happened to them? They became this amazing band of passionate Purposeful disciples of Christ our Lord carrying on his work in the world. And then we have the story from Acts. Some days after Easter, we see the Spirit coming and covering the people with strong wind, with powerful signs, with tongues of fire. God is present. God is there with power. God is there showing purpose. And the people speak. And everyone hears and understands. Eventually they go and they become the church carrying out teaching, healing in the ways of Jesus with the same courage and the same convictions that are going to bring about for sure the coming reign of God. To receive the Spirit is to be full of vitality for God's work in the world. So we may feel a little flat some days. We may feel tired out by the burdens that come our way. Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit comes and it brings life and it brings purpose in a way that could never be imagined or never be matched. Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. We're never on our own. We're never left alone God is always there, present, active, working in, through, and around us, changing us for God's work in the world. I want to relate this coming of the Holy Spirit to two stories that strike me, that inspire me this week. First, I read again some of the memoirs of Andy Young in this past week. Andy Young, you remember, was present in those difficult civil rights struggles in the early 1960s, walking and working alongside Martin Luther King and Ralph Abernathy and others. In the heat of the summer and, and in the struggle in Birmingham, Alabama, King and Abernathy were locked in the jailhouse. 1963, Bull Connor was the sheriff of the Birmingham police. He was a law and order man, and in trying to control this civil disobedience, even the peaceful approach of the civil rights movement, Bull Connor became infamous for his aggressive tactics. He would unleash police dogs. He would turn on the fire hoses, on marchers, on bystanders. Some of us know about this firsthand who are in this room. Others of us know about it from vivid images that were Sent around the world that drew great attention to this important struggle this cause well on Easter Easter 1963 5,000 people were gathered together in the new pilgrim Baptist church in Birmingham Alabama and the plan was to march all these people to the jail to sing for the prisoners inside King and others. But when the marchers organized and they left the church, they encountered Connor and they encountered the barricades and they encountered the dogs and they encountered the fire trucks. The crowd, 5,000 people, came to a halt at the barricade. The people stopped, they knelt down, and they began praying. And Andy Young and a couple of others walked over to talk to Bull Connor and his colleagues. Young writes later that after about five minutes of this sad conversation, the Reverend Charles Hillop stood up within the crowd and he said, the Lord is in this movement. We're going to the jail, y'all. Off your knees. And everybody in that crowd, beginning with the front rows, stood up and began to march calmly, peacefully, peacefully. Right to the barricades, right toward the dogs, right toward the fire trucks and the police. Stunned at first, Bull Connor yelled at his officers, stop them, stop them. But the police didn't move a muscle. Young says that they just stood there, transfixed these police. Even the police dogs that were growling, Young writes, that were straining, they became calm. And the firemen, well, the firemen just stood there too, and Connor yelled, Turn on the hoses. They didn't move. Our people, says Young, walked right between the fire trucks, singing, I want Jesus to walk with me. Not rushing, not running, just a slow, serious march. And then, Young says, we marched on to the park across from the jail where we reconvened to sing to those in jail. And I will never forget one older woman who got so happy when she marched through the barricade. She shouted, great God almighty done parted the Red Sea one more time. (laughs) Connor stood there fussing and cussing. His police refused to arrest us, Young writes. His firemen refused to hose us. His dogs refused to bite us. And from that Sunday on, the movement gathered strength. So look, if God's Spirit can move across creation and bring about order out of chaos, if God's Spirit can move across ordinary people trying to figure out what to do as God's people in the world if God's people can transform a situation like that in 1963, including Bull Connor and his barricades, we folks can certainly look to God, to God's presence and God's power and God's vitality and God's purposes for our days, our lives, our times. We can certainly seek to receive the Holy Spirit be receptacles. Let the pneuma of God melt us, mold us, fill us, use us for God's work in these days. We can certainly commit once again today and tomorrow and in all the days ahead to be the courageous instruments of God's work in the world wherever we find ourselves. The second story that inspires me this week was something I discovered just very recently perhaps you recall the horrible bombings that took place on Palm Sunday in Egypt at Christian churches there were twin suicide bombers that blew themselves up in two different Coptic Christian congregations on Palm Sunday in Egypt and 45 people were killed and Many more were wounded. Well, Nassim Fahmy, an Egyptian Christian, was serving as a guard at the St. Mark's Cathedral in the seaside Mediterranean town of city of Alexandria. Fahmy had just uh, redirected a suicide bomber to walk through the metal detector. Instead of straight into the church, and it was there, right in the metal detector, that he blew himself up, killing so many, likely the first person to die in that blast, Naheem Fahmi, saved the lives of dozens inside the church. Well, soon after this tragedy, Nassim's widow, Samira Fahmi, was interviewed on national TV in Egypt. She's sitting in her apartment, she's surrounded by her children, and some other family members and there's a woman reporter sitting next to her holding a microphone to her mouth and this is what uh, Nahim's widow Samira Fahmi said says I ask the Lord to forgive them I ask them to try to think Samira says if they think they will know that we didn't do anything wrong to them and she continues, may God forgive you. We also forgive you. Believe me, we forgive you. This is what she's saying into the microphone to the reporter. You put my husband in a place I couldn't have dreamed of. Believe me, I'm proud of him, and I wish I was there beside him. While Samira uh, Fahmi is speaking, the TV has one of those split screens on it and so on the uh, left side of the TV there's the scene from her home with her children and the reporter and her family members around her but on the right side of the screen there is um, the picture of the national anchor watching the interview so on the left is Fahimi in her home saying may God forgive you believe me we forgive you And on the right side, the anchor of the national news is just sitting there watching. And after Samira stops talking, there's a 10-second pause. 10 seconds is a long time on the news. A 10-second pause because Amir Abib, the national news anchor, is so stunned he can't say anything. And then after a 10-second pause on the news, this is what the anchor says. Egyptian Christians are made of steel. Egyptian Christians, he says, for hundreds of years are bearing many atrocities and disasters. The Egyptian Christian deeply loves this country. How great is this amount of forgiveness that you have? If your enemy knew how much forgiveness you have for them, he would not believe it. And then he continues, these people have so much forgiveness. These people are made from a different substance his voice cracks. He says, if it were my father, I could never say this. But this is their faith. This is their religious conviction. That's inspiring. Jesus breathed on them, the people, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We keep opening our hearts to God. We keep seeking to be changed. We keep seeking to be charged with the numa, The numa that gives us life and purpose, courage, conviction to live for God in the world, to bring about the reign of God in the world. This is our calling. May it be so. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. Breathe, oh, breathe your loving spirit into every troubled breast. And let us all in thee inherit. Let us find the promised rest. We seek the way of Christ our Lord. Amen.